Um, have we talked in this group about the ten perfections? No, not for a little bit. Well, they're the they're the uh, final grouping of uh, precepts we take in October, and so we can we can get through those ten perfections. That you can spend a lifetime working with them, but we can talk about them in less time than that. <clears throat> so if you've taken the, uh, you know, we start with the five precepts, then we go to the eight precepts if we want to, and then the next set of precepts are the what we call the ten perfections, sometimes called the bodhisattva vows. And those are not listed as uh, training guidelines. They're just, they are the ten qualities that are supposed to be uh, they're good for anyone. They're the, they're the, they're qualities that are about achieving, uh, kind of, day, in your daily life, in your spiritual life, they should all be the same, right? The ten perfections are the qualities that we can work on, uh, perfecting, because we can always keep working on them. So they're good for anyone, whether it's not a, uh, it's not something, I mean, probably the person you like the most in this world that you respect the most. You could see all of, you could see these qualities in that person. So it's not something connected with one religion or another. These are, these are the qualities that help us, um, get the most out of what our brain is capable of doing. So they're those qualities that push us in the, in the, best sense of, of evolution, to use more of what we've got the intelligence to, to work with. So those are the qualities. So when you take those ten perfections, you're just, you are saying that you'd like those qualities to be your guidelines on your path, your path in life. And, and I think they have such a broad uh, range they, and just like the precepts cover basically everything, the essence of what the Buddha taught, the ten perfections, those ten qualities, are more of the same. They are like developing the qualities uh, to the full extent of how they can be developed. And, and once you take the, the ten uh, perfections, you, you're really on, uh, you're on a path with them this lifetime and then every lifetime to come. So you're already like getting a jump on everything. So you'll just, you can, you'll be working on them when you hit the ground running in your next life. And if you're, if you don't think about having more than one life, you can think about these will be the qualities that, that hopefully you can die with these qualities in your thoughts. Like you can die, uh, kind of owning these qualities, that these will be the things that you know, uh, that you feel good about. These will be the qualities that you can die at peace. If you're, if you're working with these qualities, they give you the qualities that make you uh, feel liberated in this lifetime. So you'll know that, yeah, I was a good person in this life. Uh, the monks have told me before about when a person's uh, in, in 
in Asian Buddhist countries, sometimes people are encouraged to keep a list of things that they do that are, that are really good, generous, good acts in their life. And they can keep it just kind of a list, like some, something that they did that they feel really good about, or that other people, that maybe it's their generosity, or a way they've helped someone else, or uh, maybe just the quality of a relationship with someone. But they keep a list of those things. And then when they're, when they begin the process of dying, and this is for the lucky ones of us, if we're going to be conscious as we approach our death, but they can, uh, they can, they can have someone even read those things back to them and help them have a peaceful mind when they're dying. You, weren't you telling me about that? Or Bhante Amita? Uh, that, that, so when, when people are in that kind of in-between life and death and they're leaving this, this world, someone can tell them, you know, remember, remember when you, uh, gave something really generously to someone who needed it. And remember when you took care of maybe an animal or a person. And it helps that person literally in their transition out of this life. Because they can, they're not thinking about those things, but they're remembering it when someone reads that back to them. And they can think, think, they can be at peace because they can remember all these things that they've done that have been, oh, okay, I did do that. I did do that. And uh, whatever those things are can bring a lot of peace to them. And have them make a peaceful transition from this life to whatever is next. And that, I'm always touched with that. You know, we talk about in my Elkhorn class, we always have this, uh, that meditation group, where we always have this as homework, to write, have a gratitude journal or just a gratitude list. At the end of each day, write down five things that you're grateful for in the day. And the people who do it just absolutely have, have seen it make a difference in their life. So I think of this list of the good things that we do is like your your lifetime gratitude journal. And you can just, you can think not only of the things that you've been grateful for, but the things that you've done. You're grateful for having done those generous things or those helpful things. And you can just uh, put that with your gratitude journal. And I'm not good about writing things down anymore, but I, I love the idea of uh, you know, I, when if I'm lucky enough to be with my mom when she dies, I would love to be there telling her all the wonderful things that she did as a person and as a friend and the things she did when, you know, was with us as kids growing up and the people she's helped. And I'd love to be able to just uh, be with her and remind her of those things because that's a that's a fearful time for most people when they pass it can be but if you if you take on these five ten perfections you've got your list already you know you can think hey i i got i got better at being generous i really practice the the precepts and i really embrace them and and uh, took them on for my life of living a virtuous life and 
I did develop some uh, discernment and wisdom. I know that. I know I, the, I can feel that in my life. And I've been, I've been my true self. And I've, I've developed the kind of energy to keep me going on the path and to keep like being present when I wanted to be present. So it's, it's a, it's a list that would be really nice to get to reflect on when we're, when we start slowing down. We can see, oh yeah, I did those things and I'm still doing them. The ten perfections are not things that we, oh, I've done that, right? We don't check it off a bucket list. We just keep on, we develop it and then all kinds of things open up. I think doors open up because when we develop the quality, say, of wisdom, when we develop the quality of uh, energy or loving kindness or equanimity, we don't just stop when we've developed that quality. That's just leading us on to this, like a higher level of consciousness in this lifetime. So, so we see more, we understand more, and we're capable of more. So it just con- it continues that way. And there's no end because it continues with us wherever we go next. So um, the qualities, does anybody remember all ten? Nobody does? Okay, first one is generosity. Okay, and think about, we do that the whole chant about generosity. And the Buddha always said generosity is one of the most important qualities And the main reason is generosity is when we start letting go of ourself. This, you know, we start, we're like giving, giving things away. So we're, it's, it's a, it's symbolic for just letting go of that grip we have on our egos and ourself. We're sharing, we're letting go. Um, and it feels good, you know, being generous. We always get back more than we give. So in whatever ways we're generous, that's that's number one. And I, I'm not good at the, I'm trying to learn how to do memory palaces, is that what it's called? Um, and I'm not good at it, So, but I think about, you can remember it because we have an entire chant dedicated to it. And the second one is what we're talking about all summer long. So what is the second one? <laughs> I'm talking about it all the time this summer because it's coming up in October. It's like it's it's our virtue, our our uh, integrity. It's our it's our virtuous behavior. So that's and that's what the precepts are all about. The precepts are all about the way the the integrity, the way we live our lives. So the second, so the first one, generosity. The second one, think of the precepts. So it's virtue. When the, that's where the precepts are all included. The next one is renunciation. So renunciation is, uh, is not like becoming a hermit or an ascetic or a monk. It, it can be that, but renunciation is just letting there are a lot of ways to look at renunciation. It's a, it's letting go of the things that don't serve us anymore. So bad habits, bad thought patterns. It's it's being willing to, when we see that there are more skill, skillful ways to be, 
to just letting those old ways drop away. So it, it feels better when you renunciate like old bad habits. You're letting them go because they don't feel good anymore. And we're not afraid to let them go. Renunciation can also just mean living a simple life, living a life that's um, not as loaded up with, with stuff and work and uh, busyness. You know, letting some of that go, living a more simple life. So, and, and don't get caught up in like simplicity as a lifestyle and have to go out and buy a lot of simple things. You know, that we've gone, we've gone through that in our culture, right? You don't have to go out and buy a futon bed and get rid of your nice mattress. You know, it, you don't have to redesign your house and redecorate so it's simplicity is the theme. That's not really what it means. It just means, you know, in, inside, let go of, let go of things like our busyness and our, um, our need for more. There's sometimes we can actually see that we're happier when we have a little bit less of things. So that's the third one, that's renunciation. The, the next one is wisdom. So that's panya, is wisdom. And I like the definition for that one as uh, discernment. I, I think discernment's a really nice way to think about wisdom. So it's, it's really being able to see kind of the finer aspects of something, to see something uh, more clearly, uh, to see the subtleties of a situation, to see what might be a better choice than another choice. Does anybody have a better definition for discernment than I do? I mean, wisdom sounds like you have to go out and take a lot of classes or read a lot of books. And that's not the kind of wisdom we're talking about. It's that it's that developing a, 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 a good uh, sense of judgment about is, you know, is what's the best use of uh, my speech right now? What might be better speech as opposed to worse speech? Or what's, a, uh, what's the right decision in this particular situation right now that would be the best thing for me to do? So uh, it's wisdom and discernment. And then energy is the fifth one. And that is, the, it's energy or effort. It's just literally the, the energy, the physical part of our, of our life and of our practice. So it's the energy to make a decision to uh, get up off the couch and come to meditation. Or if you haven't even gotten to the couch yet, you know, decide on your way home from work, I'm going to go to meditation tonight. And then... You know, that's really, you're really being called to just relax for a while, but you kind of rouse yourself up to come. That's energy. That's that good kind of energy that, that, that lets you do those things that you really want to do that are good things to do for you, for yourself. Uh, then the sixth one is truthfulness. That's the next one, right? Or patience. Patience. Patience is, is, uh, is real patience kind of covers everything, I think, because patience handles anger. So if we, if we are prone to anger, uh, having patience can be the perfect antidote to that. Because patience allows us to, 
maybe put up with something for a while with a with a more positive attitude that maybe maybe it's going to be this is going to be a hard situation for a while but it won't last forever maybe this person is going to continue uh you know letting the toilet paper come the wrong come off the the roll the wrong way that's one of my that pet peeves um but patients would say you know what maybe i can just maybe i can be okay with it for a while it might take this person a year or two to learn to do it my way <laughs> and i think i taught my children i was pretty patient with them i just kept telling them here's the right way to do it <laughs> but patients can allow us to instead of becoming angry about something is to just stay with the situation breathe a little bit more you know it's that simple patients can be just take a few breaths before you decide you know you're going to get upset about something and patience is how we always have to deal with impermanence because we know things will get better then we know things will get worse that we're always in that that cycle things get get wonderful and then they fall apart then they get good again so we have to have patience to even deal with that reality the reality of this life and have patience with ourselves as we get older and we don't you know we don't see as well we don't hear as well uh we start seeing that there are lim- limitations to what our bodies can do so we need a lot of patience as we face all the different stages in our lives so the next one is truthfulness and i think truthfulness is often about uh being being true to who we really are like being truthful about who we really are being true to ourselves and uh then moving that truth out into our daily lives it's not just right speech it's right uh right way of thinking about uh you know being being uh, being more more truthful being more honest in our own life okay so uh determination is next and determination is that uh um uh, is determination it determinate it's that sticking to something that persistence so not giving up um you keep going even when you don't want to keep going it doesn't mean working this is not about working yourself to death or being busy all the time this is about just the determination to to keep going like the, my very first teacher this is why i became a buddhist he said all you have to do is just be a little bit better every day that's about the only thing i remember he said in a probably a whole weekend of listening to him but it was just so gentle just just be a little bit better every day and you know you can do that and uh that that's really determination we just keep going we just keep making an effort we keep showing up and uh we keep we don't give up easily we make a decision I'm not going to be I'm not going to give up too easily. I'm going to keep going. I might have to like figure out a different different door to go into or a different way to get into that river, but uh I've got to I want to keep going. 
So determination is which one? Eight. Nine is metta, loving kindness. And we, we know a lot about that. We know that it's a feeling of goodwill towards all living beings. So it, we begin with ourselves, we develop it and feel that way towards ourselves. But then we, we, it has to then take an outward, go outward. And it, it means that there is nobody that we exclude from that feeling of, uh, goodwill. So it's, that's not easy sometimes. But if we, if we are living our life with that awareness that we, we really don't want to have any ill will towards anyone or any, anything, any, any living being, then uh, that, that, that always should be, it's, it's the first precept is about doing no harm, right? So it's, it's even taking us back to that. We don't even want to wish anyone harm or wish anyone will, ill will. We just want, we're really purifying our mind when we're thinking about metta is we're letting go of all those negative thoughts that are so easy to have about people. Maybe just because you don't like what they're wearing or you don't, you know, you don't like uh, some totally insignificant thing about them. All the way up to maybe it's someone, uh, I remember someone used to say, when you practice metta, I think it was Sylvia Borstein, when you start practicing loving-kindness and you think about your difficult person, don't start out thinking about Hitler. <laughs> you know, you don't give yourself the Mount Everest to be your first uh, challenge. So you don't start thinking about like purely evil embodiments of evil that we've known in history. Uh, you start with someone that you just don't like very much. You start where you, you start with something you can handle. Because sending goodwill to someone who you think has done horrible things to civilization is a, is a pretty big challenge. But if you've been meditating for a while, you're ready for that. If you're new, you start with something, you build, you build up your, uh, your metta, you build up that ability to send goodwill. But you, you get there, and eventually you can really have a few moments, maybe a day, where you can feel, feel that goodwill towards all living beings. And then I think it just, be, more and more it becomes just who you are. You don't, you're, you've purified your mind, so you aren't having thoughts of, oh, I wish that just a truck would run over so-and-so, you know, just... And, you know, there is there are some politicians that I've heard people say, I wish someone would assassinate that person. It's always so shocking. I have a really good friend who says that about a national figure. <laughs> and uh, and she's, a, she's a good person. Her father was a minister. But every time, and I, and I talk to her maybe twice a year, and it always comes out somewhere. And it always is just, the, it's so shocking to me. It's like somebody punches me in the gut. And I know why she says that, and I know, I know what's going on in her thinking, but um, 
boy, that's heavy. That's a heavy load to carry, you know, for her. I think, you know, she's just, it, she may think it's an empty thing, but it's not, not what it's doing to her is not an empty, you know, it's not just an expression. It's poison to her. And, uh, it's not, but she's not, uh, she's not on the same path I'm on, so I don't, I just kind of gasp in silence for a few, I kind of gulp like a fish out of water and then don't say anything. But we begin to feel when we practice that. We begin, in all of these, we begin to know and we have that wisdom, that discernment when things like that, we don't, we don't say things like that because we, we don't feel that way anymore. We don't even feel like making a joke about it anymore. So, then then the last one is equanimity, which is finding that perfect balance. I mean, we're always working towards that, but, you know, a lot of times we, it's not, we don't feel as balanced as we'd like to. But it's always, uh, it's always being able to handle whatever comes at us. The equanimity is the, the, what someone in this group had a good definition for it, because they, Looked it up in the dictionary, that it's uh, handling a si- handling handling the situation at hand with a level head, and I I like that definition. So it means we're all we always have a level head. We're always trying to find the balance in every situation we're in, and sometimes we know it's going to be kind of a wild swing. If something really awful hits us, it takes us a while to get back in balance. But we know that that's where we're, we know we're coming back to that when we know that our practice is, has gotten to be uh, strong enough and where doubt is gone about our practice and about what we're studying and about the Buddha's teachings, then we know we'll come back to that place of balance. And then working with it as one of the ten perfections is just, we keep working with that. We keep seeing it and recognizing it in our lives. And then that helps us keep on doing it with even bigger and bigger things. Just always being able to come back to that that sweet spot where it just, okay, I can handle this. And we use all those other skills to do it. So those are the ten perfections. So you can see those are things that would would make anybody's life feel pretty great. So it's not just something that is a, like a secret to Buddhists. These are all universal qualities. So when we take when you ta- if you decide you ever want to take the Bodhisattva vows, that's what you're doing is just saying I'd like to have these qualities as the focus of my my uh, my efforts going forward. And some people, you can meditate with the qualities. You can uh, maybe study one of the qualities, one quality a month or something, and uh, uh, like see yourself just develop and grow in those qualities in a way that that makes sense to you. But pretty, it, they're, they're they're wonderful qualities. Then you can learn the Pali words for them and the little song that goes. <laughs> But I think there, um, I, th- I think that's something. Don't 
unless you've taken already taken the eight precepts, you don't wouldn't even consider them right now. But I think they are they're recognized in uh, Mahayana Buddhist traditions and in uh, Theravadan tradition. So there are some teachings about them. You can find teachings about them all over the suttas and in the Jataka tales. So thank you for your patience. So you already you've already developed one quality, right? <laughs> Tonight you can go home and I was patient. I listened to Bikuni go on and on and on again. <laughs> if you die tonight, <laughs> you're on the path. Okay. <clears throat> Are there any new people tonight? Brand new, first time. Will you tell us your first name? Uh, Lupe. Lupe, yeah. welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming. And you? I'm Don. Hi, Don. Did you raise your hand? No. You, oh, <laughs> I thought you did. I Kelly. Kelly? Did you say Kelly? That's the, I love that name. Uh huh. Maureen. Maureen. And you're with Judy, right? <laughs> Who else? And, okay, so if you're new, or if you were new before and we didn't have uh, the little the gifts to give you, will you come up after the after we finish and get? There's a little gift and there's some good stuff to read. And actually, there's a really good article for if you have this. You know the Buddha Day booklet that has Bhante Sujata's picture on the cover. We have you can pick them up right outside. Um, there's a really good article in it that Todd Nielsen wrote, and it's on the Bodhisattva. So it, um, does he talk about the, the Bodhisattva vows, or just what a Bodhisattva is? Well, it's good to read. Does it list them? So, that's, so they're really good articles just about Buddhism in general in that little magazine. So come up afterwards. And do we have any announcements? Or are we just gonna no announcements? So um, if you if you do want to make a donation, you can put it in the basket or just put it in the little wooden box over by the door. So does anybody have a question or anything that they um, what I what I let me make one announcement. What I would like to do and I was I brought it to if you're interested in taking precepts we have the sign up sheet on that yellow uh, cloth table and the different books that we recommend that you that people look uh, read or uh, look into and we also this year have an application if you're interested the list there's a, a sign up sheet which usually is all we do but that sign-up sheet is if you're thinking about that you might want to take the precepts. But we have an application this year uh, that Bhante Sujata wanted us to start doing. And uh, sometimes people want to take the precepts kind of at the last minute and they haven't had enough practice meditating. So we want to be sure that people have at least have the uh, six months of meditation before they take the precepts. And so the application is just being more specific about that. 
and we want to make sure we have your Buddhist name. And if you practice somewhere else and got the your time, you got your time in somewhere else, we just want to know about that. So it's okay to go ahead and do it. So if you're thinking about it, pick up one of the applications, and you can look at it and see. Uh, you can. It looks like it's got a million questions, but one's for the five, one's for the eight, and the others for the ten perfections. So you only have to fill, fill out a third of this page. So uh, it's it's just for us to get. Uh, we also want to be sure we have all the contact information with the people who have taken the the precepts, because you're kind of a special group with the people in that year. So those are there. You can take one if you want to and look at it. And uh, don't don't let it disturb you or anything. It's <laughs> we're not trying to to we're not trying to be big brother. We're just trying to. We a lot of times people will take the precepts, but they we may never see them again. And we'd like it to be more, um, you know, people who who want to be part of the community, or they've they've had enough experience that they understand what the, taking the precepts is. So. And I think every Monday and Wednesday, what I'd like to do, instead of setting a separate class, in every Monday and Wednesday, we won't do it tonight because uh, nobody knew about it, but I'll stay after, and if we can, whoever wants to stay after Monday or Wednesday, and we can just sit over here and talk if you have specific questions about the precepts. And then we'll have the... We will have a class or two before the the October 12th precepts so everyone knows all the details. But if you have some questions, maybe things that that you're a little confused about or you want more information about, we'll have more informal after Mondays and Wednesdays. Okay? Starting next Monday.